Hey, welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast in the Studio Soapboxing Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll see it there. You can also email us at coachbonoshow at gmail.com. This is episode 29, and we're going to do things a little different here on Monday's podcast. Usually this is either me doing an interview or a Coach Bo rants. Instead, with the NCAA tournament getting started, I brought in our college basketball expert, and you know her from the Point Five pod, Ellen Wingenter is in the house. Ellen, how are you today? Hello, welcome to the best uh, season of the year, March Madness. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, hey, thank you for coming on this evening. So full disclosure, how we do this, normally I come in and record this podcast late night on Sunday night. Uh, I'm Usually it's like 10, 11 o'clock when I record. Tonight I'm doing a little bit earlier. We just got the brackets. It's about 8 o'clock. Um, Ellen and I are just kind of seeing the brackets here for the first couple hours like everybody else is. We're going to talk through the brackets a little bit. We're going to talk a little college basketball. And then we're going to talk about Tom Brady hijacking the entire evening from everybody <laughs> with his big announcement on Twitter. But let's talk college basketball first because that's what Ellen's the expert at. And I want to do that. I think it'll be a little more fun than us talking Tom Brady right now. So, um, E, uh, any, um, you've seen the bracket. I have. What any um, any overall sentiment is anything you look at this thing and go, they got this extremely right, extremely wrong. Is there anything you see and go, huh? Or yeah, they got it right. You know, this is probably the first season in a while where, yes, I'm a KU homer that I am not looking at the bracket. You know, the region that KU is in and thinking it's impossible to get out there. I think there's going to be some difficult games for KU potentially, um, whether it be the winner of the eight, nine game or the winner of the five 12 game that they could possibly face. But it seems much easier than it has in recent seasons. Um, I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. And beyond that, I mean, you and I were kind of talking back and forth earlier I was really surprised to see Iowa slated as a five seed. They won the Big Ten championship. They played a great game against Purdue, um, you know, and really handled Purdue as they tried to come back late in that game, which I watched the vast majority of. Uh, so I was a little bit surprised on that. I mean, it's it's weird seeing the Big Ten have nine teams. Yeah. In the tournament, it seems kind of excessive. There's three other leagues that have six teams. So you get the blue bloods or, you know, the power five, however you want to translate it, are well represented. But I think some of these smaller schools or even lesser known teams from big conferences, somebody like Providence or something like that, might jump out and surprise some people this year. And it'll be fun, hopefully. Yeah, I think there was two takeaways for me and look at this whole bracket. It's an overall bracket. One, you hit around the head with the Big Ten. The Big Ten got nine teams in, which I thought was too many. Uh, I'm looking at this right now. Um, 
I mean, you look at the Big Ten has two of the 11 seeds with Rutgers and Michigan. I don't think Michigan should have been in at all. And the fact they got an 11, I thought was high. Um, and I think the other thing is, I think overall, if you look at it, you talked about Iowa. Uh, we were talking pre, and I'm going to talk about it now. I thought the team that should have got in was Texas A&M. But I think that what I think that they didn't do, I don't think they gave a lot of weight to the conference tournaments. And I think if you look at just some examples of that, Tennessee got a three seed. They were the SEC champion. They could have been a little higher. Uh, um, no, I think three is right for Tennessee. Yeah, maybe. I, they, I, they did not deserve to be a two. Yeah, I, I thought they could have been ahead of Auburn. I think they're, no. a, they're playing better than Auburn right now. It doesn't matter. Auburn has a better book of business yeah. for the entire season than Tennessee does. Yeah. Uh, I just think that they, you look at the things I was saying, like I'm going to talk about again, the ones I wanted to point out were you thought I, Iowa won the Big Ten tournament, yep. didn't get the respect they wanted. I thought AM played great in the SEC tournament. Uh, Oklahoma played well and made it to the championship of the Big 12 tournament, and they're not in. Um, the other one, again, Tennessee was the fourth one for me. I think they put almost no weight into the tournaments. The thing of it is, the bigger conferences, right? They didn't fall off the two, and they got blasted, and they got blasted twice in the last eight days. Two weeks, yeah. No, I understand that, but having somebody make a run in a conference tournament and not win it, you can't. I would have put Tennessee ahead of Duke. No, Duke's been blasted. Twice in eight days. It doesn't matter, Bo. You have to no, Bo. You have to look at the entirety of the season. I realize you're just now coming into the season. Yeah, and haven't watched anything. Yeah, I just I I think that I put more weight on where you're at now. No, you can't do that. You have to look. You have to look at the entirety of the schedule and who people have played. I, I just think how they play those games. I think that's it's every sport. How you're playing at the end should mean something. It because doesn't, though. Teams are a different team today than they Absolutely. were in January. That was one of the big questions about Baylor. Their leading scorer is out. And so the question was, were they still going to land on a one seat? Well, well, Baylor is a great example of what I'm talking about. Baylor dips out early in the Big 12 tournament and still gets a number one seed because there was no one else to come in as a one seed. Kentucky lost. Kentucky lost. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think your reliance on the last two weeks of the season Mm -hmm. is misplaced. If you're looking at it from how the committee looks at it. Yeah. Well, I, I just think, again, what I'm saying is what I'm, what I'm looking at when I look at the whole thing, uh-huh. It's obvious that, that that's what the committee did. The committee said, we're not going to worry about how you're playing now. We're going to see what they, they looked at the full resume. Which and they didn't put any waiting on the tournaments at all. You should add, they see the majority of it before the conference tournaments are done. And then it's a shuffle at the very yeah. end. Oh, well, yeah. That's true. Bid stealers like Richmond, for Richmond. instance, um, they were really the only bid stealer. And then you know, or something crazy happens, but you can't, you can't just look at the last two weeks of the regular season or even the conference tournament and go, Oh, this is how it should be slated because just like what will happen over the next three weeks, teams get hot, teams get cold and you just never know what's going to do it. 
All right, I've got a question here. So we'll talk about Kansas for a minute. Yeah. Last week when we talked, you mentioned you didn't like Kansas to do as well in the Big 12 tournament. You mentioned that the lack of, of guard play. Remy Martin's back and played extremely well in the tournament. It was so wonderful. Okay, so... Uh, you mentioned him by name. You said, hey, this is the guy that KU needs right now. Yeah, and so after our podcast on Wednesday with Ricardo, Ricardo and I actually got together and watched the game on Friday, and it was a lot of fun to see Remy out there, and especially yesterday on Saturday for the championship game. He was out there. He was having a lot of fun. Um, Ochai was still just amazing and solid and even you look at Mitch Lightfoot who has just had a lovely bookend to his long 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 career at KU yeah he showed out during the tournament yeah. uh he Mitch Lightfoot's been in college longer than Ben Wilder yeah like uh it, it appears he twisted his ankle um but they are looking to have him back for the game uh on Thursday because KU does play Thursday and they have the late game on Thursday. So the times have just been released. Oh, okay. So KU will be playing at uh, nine o'clock central um, Thursday night. And so they have the last game of the day. Um, I don't know that I'm going to make it to 9 p.m. I'm I'm glad glad that I'm in mountain that I have just one extra hour, but I hate these late games. Man, they, it, wait, the late game is St. Patrick's Day. You know, geez, yeah. I, I don't know how, how long I'm going to make it. Yeah, no. I got to go to Chicago the next day. There you go. It's tough stuff. So yeah. um, we'll see. I mean, oh, uh, you know, Ochai and Brown were both named all tournament team. Uh it would have been nice to see Mitch kind of up there given his game that he had with his 15 points and God bless him and his facial expressions on Ochai's dunk (laughs) the other day, just him that shocked look of wonder was really just lovely, but yeah, I, you know, KU, like I said, they have an easier road than they have had recently, but I think Creighton, Iowa, and or Providence could all really cause an issue from them. And I think if Auburn makes it, if they go chalk, that could be interesting. That's what I have was the sweet is the Khalid eight game is Auburn KU. Yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm going back and forth with my pick in there. I kind of want to pick KU. I, for bracket sakes, I will probably pick Auburn just because I like the win and you have sure. to be different than everybody locally. So, um, but if I had to pick the game, I think I'd pick Kansas. I I am intending to. Um, I've watched several of Auburn's recent games and they just haven't been able to pull it together. And that's a Bruce, was, that's a Bruce Pearl thing too. They yeah, he's always shut out the gate hard. He gets those guys together and they all kind of just play him out why he's never really made a big long run in the tournament anywhere yeah yeah and so you know there are people who i know who are diver diehard auburn fans and i'd love it for them but if they're going up against ku i'm gonna choose ku every time yeah well i'm not gonna have any sympathy for an auburn person so (laughs) that's the wrong tigers fair enough 
All right. We'll talk about my Tigers here in a minute. But yeah. Uh, uh, actually, we'll talk about my Tigers real quick. I'm shocked LSU had six. Uh, you know, LSU fired Will, their coach, Will Wade, on Saturday Yeah. Uh, with all the NCAA stuff. I had heard, again, people that I know and talk to and, and things. I, I, this was coming. He knew he was getting fired. Um, I think that he was promised or there was some talk about him going to be able to coach the tournament and then be fired. But okay. I think Will Wade totally, as we say in the South, showed his ass mm-hmm. at the, um, in the, in the SEC quarterfinal game, they lost um, to Arkansas. Um, if you didn't see it into the second, into the first half, he got a T after he's been arguing with the refs the entire game. At one point, Marty Smith, they cut to Marty Smith, and Marty Smith is during the timeout. Will Wade talked to his team about his about the team keeping their composure. And Will Wade said he and Marty Smith reported that Will Wade said that includes me. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out and gets a technical. And then so they blew a the LSU had the ball and a three-point lead with 55 seconds to go in the first half. A turnover, a um, a technical, and all of a sudden it's a two point lead the other way at halftime. Five points in fifty five seconds. It was ridiculous, and I watched LSU in the second half absolutely play with zero composure. They didn't give a fuck what Sean, what what wait, what, uh, what Will Wade had to say. I've yeah. never seen a team at any level, any high level totally quit on a coach the way the LSU basketball team did to Will Wade in the second half of the SEC tournament game. It was ridiculous. And he had to be fired. I mean, it was that, that team, they would have gotten bounced by whoever they played. Now the, the, uh, the tournament committee did not put any weight on Will Wade getting fired. No left LSU about where they should have been on that six line. That's about right. I was convinced that because him being fired, they dropped him down to eight or nine, which, to me, LSU gets dropped to the eight or nine pretty much every year. And so they end up getting have to play a one seed. They lose. But uh, this year they got the six. They're playing Iowa State. Um, I think they'll go kind of hustle it together. And I think they'll get at least one win. I think they will beat Iowa State. I think those guys are talented enough. They got a coach they like for the interim for the, for the, for the game. I think they'll come together with enough talent to win that game. I don't know. I From think- there, I don't know. From there, yeah. anyone's, anyone's ballgame. Yeah. Um, should, should be better than that. Should. Without, their, without uh, LSU having their coach. But I think that LSU will put that together for one, for one win. But after that, they likely run into Wisconsin, which and that's a better team, the slower team. The team is going to shoot. I, it'd be really hard. LSU will have to be long. They'll have to force a lot of turnovers and – I don't know. It had to be a perfect game played by them to win two games. But, um, yeah, that was the big story as far as off-the-court stuff this weekend with college basketball, the firing of a coach in the middle of the tournament. Yeah. Right before the tournament starts. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Um, do you have your picks? Do you have a Final Four for me yet? I do. Um, your Final Four? My Final Four is very chalky, and it, exactly. it, it kind of disappoints me. Um. I've got Gonzaga. Subject to change here. Yes, yes. Because I think actually the playing games might influence me a little bit. So I probably won't do a final bracket until Thursday morning. Um, 
Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Arizona, Kansas. Oh, shit. I got to make some changes here. And I think it will be a Gonzaga-Arizona final. And part of me just wants Arizona to win, just because it's a really interesting story that Mark Few's longtime assistant coach, mm-hmm. first-time head coach at Arizona, the two of them going against each other, yeah, and his former assistant taking them out. Yeah. So I, what is his name? Arizona's coach. I can't think off the top of my head. Uh, I can probably just pull it up. Steve. I want to say it's Steve. Um, so I heard a stat while I was on the way over here to the studio. So uh, let me pull it up here. Tommy Lloyd, sorry. Yep. We're thinking of Steve Fisher for some reason, I think. Yeah. So an interesting stat that I heard on the way here was uh, he is the first, sorry, he's only the third head coach to ever go be a number one seed his first year in the program. Yeah. The other two were Bill Guthrie, North Carolina, after Dean Smith retired. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, why am I forgetting now? Steve Fisher, who came in just before Steve, the tournament for Michigan. That doesn't seem right. I don't think that was, it was another big name. No, he's the, he, Tommy Lloyd is the only one who's coached the entire first year and to do this. Oh, other, okay. other coaches have come in mid or late season. Okay. Okay. And it is. Maybe it was, it was big. Maybe it was just a big schools thing. Yeah, because yeah, Steve Fisher coached for Michigan yeah. before he went to uh, yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. And then I remembered uh, the other thing I had heard was he was in a the coach was in a handful of coaches that he's going to be the number one seed in his uh, the number one seed at a school where he was never an assistant coach. Yeah, it's wild. This is. And, that His that group first. is like, and, and the other people in that group were all like Hall of Fame coaches. It's like Bill Self, and um, we got Mike Shashevsky. Um, I can't think of the others where I mean, it was like four of them, and it was all just whole, ripped ripped off Hall of Fame numbers. I like, would oh imagine Roy Williams would also be in that. Yes, from when he came from he came Carolina to, to yeah, came to Kansas, yeah. Um. But yeah, no, this is his first head coaching position, period, in the collegiate level. So for him to, especially given the way that the Arizona program has kind of gone um, sideways the last couple of years, you know, they were also caught up in the Adidas stuff, much like KU and and LSU, Oklahoma State, you know, all of uh, all of those programs. Yeah. And so to see him kind of pull this out and do it is really fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm flaking on one of these picks, and now you've convinced me I'm going to have to go against you. Okay. I have three of the same four you did. All right. So I got Gonzaga. Um, I think Gonzaga is just going to roll that to that side. I just I, – I look at it, and I go, I think they have the second easiest bracket of anybody. I think Tech could jump up and bite them. There you go. I've got – I'm like you. I like that Rutgers-Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. If Rutgers wins, I like Rutgers to win a couple more games. 
Rutgers could definitely do it. They've been yeah. a giant killer to the back half of the season. And so I, cause I got Rutgers winning, beating Alabama. Then I've got them beating tech. And then I've got them losing to Duke. Then I have Gonzaga and then Duke home. Um, I think the team that has the easiest route is actually in the East. I think it's Kentucky. Mm. I think Kentucky has the easiest route. I don't think there's anybody here going to give them a game. I, I think it's going to be chalked pretty much through there. I think I like Virginia Tech to win a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Akron over UCLA. But I think Baylor will win their kind of their semi side there. And I think it's Baylor, Kentucky. And yep. I don't have Kentucky facing a, a good seed until they face Baylor. And then I well, think Kentucky's just really, really good. I, Kentucky's my national champion. So I have especially the bottom half of that East bracket going chalk that you mm-hmm. Kentucky and Purdue are playing in the elite eight. And um, I could definitely see Purdue winning that game due to their size. Yeah. I have Vatek beating Purdue in the second round. Um, yeah. I have Texas winning out that first round. So I just don't pick Texas. In anything. If it was, if it was Tiddlywinks, I still would pick Texas. Well, no. if it was a steer wrestling contest, I wouldn't pick Texas. Understood. And I don't really trust that program right now. I think next year might be a little bit different and maybe it won't be so transfer based yeah. uh, as far as the players go. So we'll see. Yeah. And then, um, and then I have I, I, in the Midwest, I'm down to Kansas and Auburn and I keep going mm-hmm. back and forth. Originally, I went Auburn. And then I started talking myself into picking Kansas. Yeah, I I I gotta admit I want to root for Kansas. I told you after the year last week why, and I was like, I kind of want to root for these guys. You're KU adjacent. I am KU adjacent now, and I've gotten to meet probably about two thirds of the team now, and I like every damn one of them. Yeah, every damn one of them I've met, I've liked, and I just I'm rooting for them. It's hard for me to pick Auburn too. I just the hardest part of picking Auburn is I don't trust Bruce Pearl late in the tournament. I think he's a good coach, but I don't think he can get it done at the end of the tournament. So I'm, I'm wavering back and forth on that. I, I'm going to make a decision later, I think. I, I'm probably going to steer myself back to Kansas. Uh-huh. But that one, yeah. Uh, the one I think I've got that I don't think anybody else is going to have is in the South. I picked Houston in the South. You know, Houston. I'm really excited watching them. Houston is really interesting and I've watched them a little bit more this season just because they are coming to the big 12 and just, I mean, for those who have watched basketball for a long time in the big eight, the big 12, Calvin Sampson was the man for a while at Oklahoma. Um, And then, you know, had an NCAA weird, issue. Weird NCAA issue about texting recruits, which is yeah. just again, Stupid. yes. And he went to the NBA, cleared up his name. Yep, because he because I think he had um, a one year. Uh, it show cause. Yeah, show cause that he couldn't. I mean, it was just so fucking it, stupid. Yeah, it's one of those stupid NCAA rules that. Yeah, and they enforce that shit harder on basketball than they do football. Right, but he has done some fabulous things in Houston the last three, maybe four seasons about just getting great recruits, 
now moving Houston out of that conference into yeah. uh, the Big 12 in a couple of years once yeah. the shakeout happens. So yeah. I I could see it, but I I don't know. That Houston Arizona game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, and I've got I've got Villanova coming from the south side there and yep. beating beating Tennessee. Uh, then I've got I think Houston's athletic. They're long. Yeah, uh, they they're not reliant on being great shooters. That's what I what I've noticed in the couple of games I've watched, and I, and and I like that. I you mentioned a couple of weeks that we're talking about teams that could make a run, and you mentioned mm-hmm. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that Alabama, you said they're like, like Golden State light in a way. Yes. They like to shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And if you're cold, you're done. So it's a one and done here. And that's what you're and just that's, not going to run six games in a row like that. Right. And that's what happened to Auburn yeah. in their game on uh, Friday that they tried against AM. AM went out on them and they just kept shooting yeah. it from three and they couldn't make it to save no. their lives. No. I, I just, I still, I like A&M, but, and I shouldn't be fighting for A&M because they're our rival, but oh well. Um, I, again, I think I like Houston. I, I can see in that bracket, that's the hardest one for me. The South is loaded. Yes. The South is loaded. You can figure Arizona, Villanova, Tennessee, who's the SEC champion and playing great. Yeah. Uh, Houston's the five. Who was the four there? Um, am I not seeing this? Illinois. Illinois. I mean, that's that's the loaded one. That's the hard one. Absolutely. Who comes out of there is going to have is going to have done some work. Yeah. No. And Villanova, especially with Colin Gillespie having the year that he had after blowing out his ACL, I believe, um, in the conference tournament last year. So. You know, in the garden, he went down, couldn't get back to the tournament and came back. And I mean, Jay Wright is just, he's a sexy human for one. And he's just a classy ass man. It looks like he is fresh out of the shower every moment of the day. I love him very much. He's and a great coach too. Great so, coach. And he seems very personable and down to earth. And I, Villanova is just, they're dangerous. And I, um, whenever KU runs into them, especially in the early season tournaments, I have more concern playing them than just about any other non-conference team. All right. Give me, uh, have you got your bracket in front of you? Yep. How many uh, double digit seeds do you have winning games in the first round? Gosh, uh, one. Okay, so I've got Vermont beating Arkansas because I think the Catamounts are tearing things up. Okay. And I have Iowa State. Okay, so they were, you were okay. That's the only. Well, let's go by by by. Let's go by region here. Yeah. So those are the only two. Those are the only so, two in the West. You've got so you've no got, only two. Period. So. Oh wow! I've got nine. I I think this is going to be a little bit chalkier than usual. Okay. I've got nine double-digit seeds winning. I've got New Mexico State over UConn. Mm-hmm. I like Rutgers. If, if Rutgers beats Notre Dame, I like Rutgers over Alabama. If Notre Absolutely. Dame wins, I like Alabama over Notre Dame. 
Yeah. Oh, I did pick that as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got Davidson over, over Michigan State. Oh, I do have that one as well. I'm sorry. I missed some of these. Yeah. Okay. I have Akron over UCLA. Uh, I think UCLA is going to try to make a push. Uh, I have Virginia Tech over Texas. Uh, let's see. That was that in that record. I have Miami over USC. Yeah, hard game me to root for. I like both those schools. So my rooting interest now in Miami is because uh, a former KU player plays for them, Charlie Moore, mm-hmm. and he had a really great season for them. So I'm I'm pulling for Miami on that yeah. one. I have Richmond over Iowa. I have oh. South Dakota State over Providence. Now I want to shout somebody out. I'm thinking that on heart alone. Uh, one of my son's friends, uh, Zeke Mayo, is the point guard at South Dakota State. I love Zeke. He's a great young man. Go Shout Jack out Rabbit. to Zeke. I'm, pick, I'm picking you guys to win. I'm actually picking him to win two games. Uh, oh, nice. being Richmond. Um, Providence is really good. We talked about Providence three weeks ago. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's going to be a tough road, but it's a 13-4 game. Those do happen. And then that last bracket, I have Chattanooga over Illinois. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just, well, otherwise I was chalked at first round. I can't have chalk in. in, Yeah. I can't have all the lower seed, all the higher seeds win. Because the, see, I'm, I'm the opposite. I, it's always, there's always seven or eight upsets. There absolutely is. I picked nine this year. Let's just, let's go have some fun with it. And then there's always a double digit that makes it to the Sweet 16. And that's why I kind of always wait until those playing games are yeah. done. Yeah. Especially this year. And mostly it's because of that Rutgers Notre Dame yeah. um, setup. Yeah. As far as the other playing games, I don't really see anything exciting. Although no. the Wyoming uh, Indiana game could also be pretty good. Yeah. I, see, I got St. Mary's beating the winner of that. I did I see do. one of the I did see one of the talking heads on ESPN a little bit ago has all the fives beating all the twelves, and I was like, I don't. It, it does tend to happen that once he, at least one twelve wins. My twelve was Richmond. I can I see it. I mean, I I don't know much about Iowa. I'm just not picking that. You know what I'm really doing? I'm picking against the Big Ten. Is what I'm really doing. <laughs> I, I'm saying, hey, look, you guys shouldn't have got nine in here. And it's going to show when they've got like three left at the end of the first weekend. So that's the thing, right? That's what they do every year. They get too many in. It used to be the Big East was like that. They or they get too many in. And then at yeah. the end of the first weekend, you only got like three teams left. Of your, yeah. your 10 teams that were in, or you know, nine in this case. If they get three teams, then the committee should remember that shit next year. But they don't. They don't think about that. No, they don't. Uh, so who's your national champion? Uh, for the time being, I'm going with Arizona. Okay. Uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm going back and forth in this Auburn-Kansas thing. I got the winner of Auburn-Kansas in the championship game against Kentucky. I got Kentucky as the national champion. So you just don't know if it's AU or KU? Yeah. Interesting. That's that game's going to be the best. If those two teams get there and play good games, that'll be a great game. 
Yeah, yeah. An Auburn Kentucky game would be really great to watch. I mean, an Auburn KU game. I'm sorry, Auburn. It it would be very interesting because Auburn potentially has the number one draft pick. Yeah. Um, KU has probably a top five draft pick in Ochai Abaji. Yeah. Uh, and seeing those two face off would be so much fun. Yeah. And uh, I, I think this is low key one of Kentucky's best teams. I know they've had they've been loaded with more talent. They've had more talented teams, but they're older and they're more experienced than they have been. All those one and done teams that yeah. Coach Cal had all those years and took all those risks on. I, I think this team, if he wins with this team. It shows that he really is. I mean, he's a great coach, but it it's going to show that he really can build more than just building players. I mean, he's built he builds NBA players, but he built a team this time. Yeah, I agree. I, I just really like what I've seen from them. So I, I, that's what I'm picking right now. I I think the overwhelming favorite. I think when you look at brackets across the board, people who don't don't watch much, don't really see much. I think you go look if you had a pool of 50 people, I think 30 are going to pick inside. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Right? And, and I always tell people, look, you know, like I live, we, I live here in Lawrence. I never pick Kansas in the final four. And the reason being is that I, it's not because I don't think they're both talented enough. It's just that if I'm right, everyone that picks Kansas in the final four, I'm getting points they're not. Right. You know, I want to be, I like being right in these, these contests. So sure. usually some money involved. Uh, we are going to have a Coach Bono's podcast um, tournament challenge. We're going to do it on ESPN.com. I will share the link on our Facebook page. We'll tweet it out. We'll get it out to everybody. Anybody wants to, there will not be a prize. A lot of pride involved. But you can uh, beat me or beat Ellen, that kind of stuff. So, Yeah. Ellen, thanks for uh, pushing that piece through and thanks for coming on. Uh, We do want to talk, you know, we got to a quick little thing about our sponsor, our great sponsor here on the Coach Bono's podcast. Mm -hmm. That's Trunk Club from Nordstrom. So uh, are you, uh, when's your next truck coming? Uh, I've got to take a look at it. Nicholas was kind of wondering if I might do something for him. So I want to kind of take a look at the kids stuff and see what they've got. And if not, as you have noted, spring is coming. So yeah. got to freshen some things up for sure. I just got a uh, weekend trunk ordered. That'll be oh, okay. next week. So just to kind of give me some stuff to, you know, I, I've been kind of needing to change it up a little bit. So uh, if you get a chance while you're listening to the pod today, you know, or even after, whenever you get time in the show notes, you'll see our link. Our referral link is in there. Click on the link, save $50 at the Trunk Club, get $50 off your first trunk. It helps us out. It keeps this free and keeps us going here. We really appreciate taking a couple minutes and doing that. So go to Trunk Club, download the app when you do it. After you've got your login set and you've done the referral, download your app. You can look at your stuff on there. It's a great way to take care of kind of changing up your wardrobe. And now seasons are changing. The spring stuff will be on soon. Jump on there, get you something for spring, and maybe you can get ready for spring and summertime. With uh, now we're in daylight savings time, and uh, it's still you know, a little bit of light outside. <laughs> Not here; it's it's late enough now, where it's dark here now. But yeah, did you get any sleep last night? No, no. I uh, I was up oddly late. I had a few friends come over to celebrate my birthday, 
Uh, right. Happy birthday. And so thank you. I uh, hit 45 successfully on Friday and um, hung out with a couple of my girls and then, yeah, just watched basketball <laughs> and went to bed. But I ended up uh, talking to one of my my girls, Anne, uh, part of the Ebony and Anne trio uh, oh. last night for a while and got a chance to catch up with her. So that was really okay. good. Too. Are we going to have the Ebony, Ann and Ellen trio grilling coach Bosa? Um, Ann is still in post-production for her movies. So I will wait until that clears okay. before requesting. Okay. And we've got another one coming too. I'm, I'm talking to, I'm going to figure this out. Okay. So and originally we were going to have Hayden on today to talk wrestling and all the stuff that's going on there. Even more shit has happened since our last podcast. And but uh, he couldn't figure it out with the kids and everything else. And it's tough being a single parent, as I know you know. So, yep. yeah, we will have Hayden on either later this week or possibly for next Monday's pod. So we've got a lot to talk about there. Um, hey, one last thing I'm going to talk about. We try to keep these shorter than our normal pods. But uh, Tom Brady hijacked everything this evening. And now, now He's our the podcast... Worst. Our podcast, we record on – we when Ellen and I do the point five, it comes out on Friday. We record it Wednesday nights usually. So there was news on Thursday after we talked. It was, we did a lot of football stuff. The Khalil Mack trade happened after we talked last week. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins has got an extension from Minnesota, which means he's yep. stealing more money from them. Uh, I don't feel sorry for the Vikings on that one. No. Um, and, and now Tom Brady announced via Twitter – that he is coming back. He's going to play for the Bucks Now, it's strange timing, and, and I mean strange in two ways. One, he basically stole the night from the NCAA basketball tournament. Yes. And two, just last night, I was listening to the Sports Illustrated media podcast with Jimmy Trainer, mm-hmm. and he had Mike Florio from Pro Football Focus on, Pro, 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 Pro Football Talk, I'm sorry, Pro Football Talk. Okay. And Mike Florio predicted that Tom Brady was going to come back. Now, his prediction went a little further. He said that Tom Brady was going to come back and ask the Bucs for a trade to San Francisco. Part of it was Tom Brady saying he wanted to play for the 49ers. That was his childhood. It's where he's from. It's his childhood home. Right. Childhood team. Uh, That would be the last piece of business. And then, Brady did cryptically say in his tweet, there is a piece of business to be done. Um, is it, it could also be a situation where in a trade, possibly would the 49ers be willing to give up Trey Lance to get Tom Brady for one season? I don't know. It'd be a way to thank the Bucks if you're Brady, like coming back, asking for a trade, you leave him with a quarterback. The because whole right now is- they're down to the Bucks are looking at if Kirk Cousins is not available, the Bucks are looking at Jameis Winston. Right. But the whole thing or Derek Carr. is weird, right? The it tweet is. was, I have unfinished business and I can't be in the stands. I've I'm better on the field or some shit like that. I'm like, how much do you hate your wife and kids after 40 days? that you're coming back out of retirement. Right. You're worse than Brett Favre at this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me pull this up. I'm going to read you the actual. Um, 
me read you the actual tweet if I can find it here. Um, These past two months, I realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That will that time will come, but it's net, but it's not now. Um, yeah. And then he's like, I will be playing my 23rd season in yeah. Tampa Bay. But he hasn't been in the stands. <laughs> well, did you see? So I saw a little clip. And I just I got it pulled up here, actually. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. was talking to Tom Brady either yesterday. post-game or pre-game uh, just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he says, you're finished, right? And Brady was kind of laughing it off like, and it was like that unusual, like, yeah, you know some shit you shouldn't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, Bruce Arians, uh, let's see, NFL Network showing, saying, quoting Bruce Arians, uh, they're not rebuilt. We're not rebuilding. We're reloading. And now they did it. With, now, somebody talk to, they talked to Bruce Arians. They're not rebuilding. They're reloading. Now they've got Brady back. Um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be wild. And it's, I don't know if it's his ego, if it's a true desire for him to play or what it is, but this whole process has been incredibly weird. It is. And I just, I, oh, I, I just wonder. It, I think you said it, said it best. He must really not like his family. I mean, What's the over under on Giselle leaving him now. There was a tweet that I saw that somebody was like, and they were a, a, a broadcaster out west. And they were like, family and kids can wait. And the thing of it is, is that you see more and more of these players who are retiring far earlier than we would have ever expected. Yeah. Because they want to have a certain quality of life and have a mobility and mental capacity to be able to enjoy that. And so, yeah, I'm like, what's going on here that you're willing to sacrifice your body great good whatever at 45 to continue doing this but for what (laughs) here's the exact tweet i read the first half i got there's the whole tweet i got the whole tweet these past two months i realized my place is still in the field and not in the stands my time will come but it's not now i love my teammates and i love my supportive family they make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business. LFG. So let's fucking go. Um, I, I just think he just, I, I think he's addicted to football. Yeah. I, I think mean, it's an addiction at this point. I mean, which is fine. I mean, hell, I, I mean, I'm a 45 year old ex coach who loves football. We talk about it all. We talk about it on the podcast twice a week. So, it's a little different than what Tom Brady's going through. He's also going to get paid very handsomely to do it. Um, you know, I, I, 
it's hard to understand. I mean, it's hard to think in someone else's shoes, I suppose. But, um, I mean, he just retired a month ago. 40 days ago. Yeah. 40. Mm. He couldn't even get through, like, OTAs without saying that he was coming back. Well, and it is good that he did it this weekend, this early this week, coming this coming week, because free agency begins on Wednesday. Uh-huh. And we're going to see a shitload of shifting of the, of the sand. I mean, it's going to be, we've already seen, you know, the franchise tag stuff. We've already seen some of the quarterback moves, some of the trades, yada, yada. Now we're going to see this free agency thing. And now we've got another, another player, another yeah. player in this thing. I mean, we've got, I mean, let me pull it up here. Where are their cap space? Um, where are they here? I'm looking for the bucks. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be interesting because they can do some things. Why I'm not finding them here. For some reason, they don't appear to be here on under the cap.com. Okay. Oh, there are the Buccaneers. The Bucks are currently. T- they have 2.75 million under the cap. Now they're going to make a deal with Godwin. They just did a franchise tag on him. So they'll make some kind of a long-term deal there and save mm-hmm. 10 or 15 million there. But they've got some people to bring back. I wonder. So he was Brady was in Manchester over the weekend. He was the Manchester United game, which is owned by the same family that owns the Bucks. Yep. So I wonder if this has been something they've been talking about for a little while, and he just went over there to talk to finish it out. Oh, I have no doubt there's yeah. been constant conversation. Yeah. And I, 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 I wonder also if there's anything here maybe that they're saying, you know, we'll work out a way to bring you into ownership at some point or something like that. I wonder if that's part of it. I mean, there's no doubt that um, – I believe you and I discussed that he's expressed desire to do that. Yeah. Um, if he could. <laughs> it'd be something to learn. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but it'd be something to learn that Brady came back because he made a deal with the Glazers to buy into the Bucks later so he could beat Manning to own a team. I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Because no one really knows how this Broncos thing is going to shake out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, I got one last thing I want to ask. So yeah. One more football film. Uh, we are on the precipice of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, so since we talked, no criminal charges. Yep. He's going to be writing, cutting checks to these ladies. I mean, they just, they're getting cut, they're getting cut checks. And he's getting traded. Well, hold on. Just for clarification, being the corporate attorney here whatever no criminal charges are being presented the grand jury chose not to to. um indict however the civil cases are still ongoing yes and and i would assume that he's making some kind of deal to get the civil stuff i i would assume so that's what i mean by he's cutting checks i mean but i i just wanted to clarify that the criminal charges that are no longer going forward the civil suits still are so now we've got teams again. The trade deadline, trade. Well, the season starts. The new season starts on Wednesday. Yep. We've already seen trades that'll all go through on Wednesday. Russell Wilson, 
Um, Rodgers is staying. We've seen Khalil Mack. We've seen um, Carson Wentz. The merry-go-round for the quarterbacks is starting. Yes. Um, the difference with Deshaun Watson is, is he's a franchise guy. He is a franchise quarterback as far as his skill. Yeah. Let's set the off-the-field off stuff aside. He's a franchise he's a talented man. What's that? He's a talented man. Talented, talented quarterback. He's going to be a franchise quarterback no matter where he goes. It looks like there are two teams now pushing hard for him. Carolina Panthers, who are expected to be the favorite now. Yeah. And the Saints. The Saints have cleared almost all of their $75 million over the cap in the last week and a half. They're just kicking this shit down the curb as far as they can. They're, like, they're, they're, the, they're the practitioners of kicking the can down the curb. Like a um, whole bag of cash just sitting there waiting to be there. Yeah, with a whole bag just ready to make Deshaun Watson the deal. Now, I hear that the, the Texans want three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Off the field stuff aside, is he worth three first-round picks, knowing that Russell Wilson just got you two-plus? No. Would you rather have Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? I think from an excitement Claire standpoint. Player only. Still. No, I'm saying from an, an, an excitement standpoint, yeah. Deshaun Watson, Watson is much more exciting. I worry more with him around injuries and sustainability. Yeah. I think if I had to choose, I would take Watson. And here's twofold. Mm-hmm. He's younger. You're going to get more years out. Right. He's already under contract. You got a great contract you can deal with there. Uh, the thing with Russell Wilson that worries me, I thought about this after we talked last week. Okay. Is he's he was given the keys in Seattle, but mm-hmm. never really fully given the keys. It's like in a way that, you know, Pete Carroll's always wanted to run the ball and play defense. And I don't think that they were comfortable with him being a 40 times a game passer. And I think Seattle feels comfortable with the fact that they got rid of him because it, they didn't want to go that way. I think that I would trust having Deshaun Watson and knowing that I could play a couple different ways. Well, so to me, that doesn't necessarily speak ill against Russell Wilson it speaks about hesitancy from the coaching staff of Seattle. Yeah. Well, I think that they, I think, so I think that Russell Wilson does not have a great arm. And I think that he's someone I don't think can throw the ball that many times. I wonder, I was thinking about this with the Broncos. How are they going to play in December, in January, when it's cold and there's snow and if you're going to ask him, I'm assuming they're going to ask him to throw the ball around like he's Peyton Manning out there with the receiving core they have. But the and thing I'm is, just not it, sure he can do that. I think he can because Seattle is cold and wet during the winter. It's yeah. not like he was coming from Tampa or something like that. that that's there's Yeah. But I don't think Seattle's Denver. I mean, it's, I don't know. I No, but, you, but, but the, you're also in that division, not guaranteed they're going to have home games in the playoffs. Right. And the thing of it is, is that I think, of course, there is a constant misnomer that Denver is just constantly cold, whereas today it was 60 degrees outside. So I I think the fear of winter, um, unfortunately for climate change, uh, isn't necessarily as much as it used to be. 
And the last couple of years that I've been to the last game of the season. So I went like, I guess it was four years ago because I was at Mahomes premiere because he played his first game out here against the Broncos. And then I was at uh, the last game of the season this year. And um, it really wasn't, I mean, four years ago was much colder, but this year really wasn't that bad. So we'll see. I think the cold weather is always a question for any quarterback, unless you're like Josh Allen and you have lake effect snow coming at you in Buffalo all the time. Yeah. Well, I do think it's going to be interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I, so I'm hearing two things. I hear that the Panthers are the likely favorite in a Deshaun Watson deal, but the saints just behind. Um, How does that work with your uh, advice for Mr. Khan? Well, Mr. Khan has, he doesn't have a quarter. He has a quarterback, but uh, uh, you're talking about the Jaguars in that case. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering if, I mean, just with Trevor Lawrence and all that kind of stuff, like. Well, they did something smart. They put the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, the left tackle. They mm-hmm. got to keep him upright. Okay. Um, the Jaguars should be going into free agency and just overpaying the shit out of people. Okay. Get him a word. Get him a receiver. Get him a good tight end and get him an offensive line. If you're an offensive lineman and you're out there right now, you're going to get the bag because now Robinson got the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown got the, got the franchise mm-hmm. tag from the Chiefs. So um, guys like Brandon Scherf, uh, Taron Armstead may come available next week with the Saints, especially if they make the Deshaun Watson deal. He's gone. I mean, they got to be able to afford to keep both of them. Um, these guys will get paid. Dwayne Brown from the Seahawks, I think he'll get a deal. Um, let's see. Roger Saffold from the Titans, I think will get a will get a deal. I think it's right now it's a good time to be an offensive lineman. Uh, Trent Brown from the Patriots will get will get a bag of money. Um, even even someone like Eric Fisher is going to get too much money. So it's a great time to be an offensive lineman because there are two or three really the Jags have got to keep Trevor Lawrence up. The I'm wearing my Joe Burrow jersey right now. The Bengals are going to have to pay a ton to keep Joe Burrow healthy. Well, and other places that need a guard here, a tackle there. Right. If you're a top end lineman, you're getting, you're getting paid this off season. And that's why the the, Chiefs were so quick to do the deal with Orlando Brown. Right. Franchise him and say, Hey, we'll figure this out. Big guy. You're going to get your bag. I'll I'll bet you he gets 125 million. Okay. I'll bet he gets five years at 125. We'll footnote that. And I think um, Cam Robinson is going to get five years and close to a hundred. Okay. And then with the Panthers kind of building, because I mean, they did go back to Cam Newton and if they do pick up Deshaun Watson, yeah, what does their O-line look like? I have to look, you know, I'm not as versed on their offensive line. Let me see here. Because Watson is incredibly mobile yeah, so, it's a, it is a different type of O line. You don't have to worry about protecting him as much as you have to worry about. It's yeah, it's yeah. far more in line with, you know, the peak Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Uh, the big thing with the Panthers about going to get Cam Newton is he's also a local kid. Right, right. The well, Clemson. He's yeah. from the, he's from he's from Gainesville, Georgia. I mean, he's from right there. I mean, he was a Gainesville Red Elf. I was a Gainesville Red Elf at one time. Had no For idea. one year. No clue. So yeah, but you didn't know that about me. I didn't. I did. I went to Gainesville High School for one year. I so that was must have been just before you moved to Topeka. <laughs> it was. It was when I was a freshman in high school. One year there. Yep. Later on, uh, uh, after Deshaun Watson went to high school, and the other notable um, semi, I guess, somewhat athletic guy was uh, AJ Styles. The rest of us with the games behind. Ah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. That that's going to be the first thing. What, we're going to see that, I think, in the next 48 hours. We're going to see the Sean Watson trade. Okay. And I, I'm interested to see, one, what the Texans get for him, and two, which place he ends up at. I do think it's Carolina. I don't think it's New Orleans. And, and I think it's not going to be New Orleans for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think they want to give up three first-round picks. Two, I don't think that uh, Mrs. Benson would like that idea very much. I don't, think a lady, I don't think a lady owner is going to want Sean Watson. I think um, it's hard to I think it's hard to go from when you had Drew Brees. Put the 2021 season aside. I think it's hard to go from Drew Brees to Deshaun Watson. No, and it shouldn't matter if it's a, a male or a female owner. Yeah. I would hope that winning isn't the only thing that they're considering. Yeah. But regardless of gender, yeah. they're all looking at winning. Yeah. Well, I I don't believe that every team's looking at winning. I think we've talked about that in the past. I think that there are certain teams I think are worried about making money more than anything else, but, and they want, they want the idea that they look like they're trying to win. Right. Or to make themselves at least good enough. I think, I think the Kansas City Chiefs did that for two decades. They did. I think for the nineties and the early two in the two thousands, they did that exactly what the Chiefs were. Yep. I think until Clark Hunt took over that team from his old man, it's exactly what they were. Now, I think that Clark Hunt is one of the few handful of owners who's actually trying to win. I don't think the New Orleans Saints are trying to win. I don't think they're trying to, to not look competitive, but they're going to be one of the teams when the merry-go-round is, uh, stops, they're not going to have a quarterback. Well, to your point. Be, it's going to be Jameis Winston. It'll, it'll be interesting, and I know that we don't want to run too long since yep. we – <laughs> the other thing we'll talk about, we're going to get away from football real quick. Last thing, Major League Baseball got an agreement since we last chatted. Yes. And we're going to have baseball. We are. I'm so happy about. Um, I am as well. Uh, I, I, I voluntary report was Friday. Mandatory report is Monday. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we're what? They've got two weeks of sp- Bring training games and then they're opening the season a week later than yep. originally calendared. Yep. Yeah, it's changed, the calendar's all changed up. So uh, somewhere on around April 15th, and they'll actually start playing. Okay. That's about two weeks late. It's about two and a half weeks late. Tax um, day is a good day for baseball. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> April 15th scares me. I just get to I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I've already called my account. We're already on the uh, uh, file and extension. Good work. Um, but there's some little bit of news. So Clayton Kershaw, a little bit afraid to see news. This is, this is all going to start hitting soon, too. Uh, Clayton Kershaw signed a one-year deal with the Dodgers. 
Yep. Um, I read a, read a uh, piece on ESPN.com that took a prediction of where the, the like the nine top free agents were going to go. And they've been wrong on all of them so far, which awesome. I think is great. Um, but we're still going to see some with Freddie Freeman. Um, Javier Baez has already signed with the, uh, with the Tigers. I did not see this. Um, pull it up. Um, but uh, we've seen, um, yep, Javier Baez, the Detroit Tiger. Huh. Um, Carlos Correa, there's rumors about him going to the Yankees. There's dumb rumors about Freddie Freeman with the Yankees. The Red Sox are also looking at Carlos Correa. Uh, Correa. Um, a lot of stuff is up in the air. Let me look at the free agency tracker here. Um, let's see. Nothing big in the last, you know, 24, 48 hours. Um, Twins made a trade for Sonny Gray from the Reds. Um, Let's see. That was pretty much the big one. Oh, I'll tell you what I did like. Your Chicago Cubs. Mm -hmm. uh, Angleton Simmons. Mm. I like him. I think he 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 had a pretty poor season in 2021. He did not play well in 2021. But that guy was really, really good with the Angels for a very long time. And he's always been under the radar. I think that signing Simmons takes him out of the Correa situation. Uh-huh. But I think it gives him a little bit of room to make some decisions for this, this season and to see where they're going to be in free agency next year. Um, but we've got – I mean, it, there's so many guys who are out there, and I think we'll see um, – let's see here. It'll be popping for a little bit. What's that? I said it will be popping for a little bit. Yes, I think this coming week, once everybody's in camp and everything, I think we'll see a lot of different moves and guys moving around. Um, I think a lot of it's going to be what happens with Freddie Freeman uh, and Correa first. After those two sign, we'll see what happens with like Trevor Story and a few others. Um, You know, also now that the National League teams are going to have a DH. There's a lot of these guys are going to get signed. Kyle, you're rolling your eyes. You, I am. You know my feelings about this. It's dumb. Now, there is a couple of on-the-field things they've gotten that they've added and gotten rid of. So the DH has been added. Mm-hmm. The uh, extra innings rule of the runner on second has been taken out. Which was also dumb. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was terrible. I, I don't – I like it in a game situation – I don't like it in a competitive balance situation. That makes sense? No, I get it. It's just kind of like, I don't need a ghost runner. I'm a major league player. That's well put. <laughs> but I also don't really need a 15 or 16 inning game. Which I also appreciate. And yeah. Understand. yeah. The, the first time I saw that idea was they did it in the World Baseball Classic. Uh-huh. And it really worked. It yeah. brought some excitement to the game. But I think that's also because of the nature of so many of the Latin American countries and teams that that made that more interesting as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We still got guys like Chris Bryant still unsigned. Um, let's see, Correa. Other, other big names in here: Freddie Freeman, Zach Granke is still a free agent. Yeah. Uh, 
I did see that Verlander threw today. He hasn't pitched. He'll pitch one game in the last two seasons. He's gonna he's under contract with the Astros. Okay. If they get him back, that'd be tough. Um let's see. And then we'll see here sometime in the next few days. We will also see the big, the next Jap, next big Japanese name um, signing somewhere. And it's going to be, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this name. Let me get it. So I can, um, oh, this is just bad. Oh, it's bad podcasting when you're sitting here and still looking something up. <laughs> um, and now I can't find it. But there's it's just like it's down to three or four teams there. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mariners, I'm hearing okay. are in this. Um, he's an outfielder. It's like Siak, it's like Suzuki Siya or something. I, I'm not getting that name right, so please forgive me. Uh, but he's supposed to be like a um an Otani-esque hitter. Oh, nice. He is not a dual player like like Otani. He, right. But he is a, a an Otani-esque hitter. And okay. he's a center fielder. And there's talk that um, the team that really wants him is Boston. Okay. I'd love to put him in center field and move that outfield around a little bit. They they frankly need a kind of a franchise player since Mookie Betts is left. And, uh, yeah. and I guess he's working out with uh, Kike Hernandez, who is the current center fielder of the Red Sox. Who, what what made you smile about Kike? I'm a big Kike Hernandez guy myself. This is uh, something that goes off – offline but okay. i will tell you about Ooh. it oh i like those okay oh it's not as exciting as it sounds oh. trust me. all right all right all right hey uh so we got baseball back that'll be cool we'll be talking a little more baseball and previewing that a little more on the point five we'll go through free agency we'll have some stuff by the time we get there and we record on wednesday we will have that so uh just a little summation i mentioned it earlier i'm going to have a little bit of a different recording schedule this week we're going to record our Friday podcast, we always record on Wednesday night. Ellen and I will still be doing that. And then I'm going to be out of town this coming weekend. The wife and I are going to Chicago for the weekend. I'll get back late Sunday night. So I'll be recording next week's Monday pod on Monday morning. So it'll get released a little bit later than normal. So please forgive me. It'll be at Coach Bo's Rants. And we'll go over some stuff there. Um, I got two more things. One uh, pop culture thing. Did you see William Hurt passed away? I did. Yeah, one of my favorite actors. I was a big William Hurt guy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's sad. He was young, only 71. 70, you know, it's funny, the older we get, that like the 70s are still young. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And then if you're a wrestling fan like I am, this name will be one that you know, Scott Hall. You know who Scott Hall is? Razor Ramon? So I don't, but I saw the headlines okay. about so, it. He, Scott Hall, who people will know from WCW and in the WWE, he was Razor Ramon before then, uh, had a hip replacement surgery this past couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He had a blood clot and now he is in intensive care and on life support after having a heart attack. Um, it doesn't look good, but uh, he's someone that our buddy B-Dog, Brandon Wallace, that's his mm-hmm. all-time favorite wrestler. Scott Hall. Didn't, yes, didn't his somebody time break? Favorite. Didn't somebody break their back? Uh, yes, I'll talk about that in a second. Too? So, thoughts and prayers with Scott Hall. I sure hope this is a guy who's had since his career, and he was someone who was insanely popular as Razor Ramon, and then later on in the NWO, one of the original three NWO guys. Actually, mm-hmm. he was the original NWO guy. Um, 
battled all sorts of substance abuse stuff, really has turned his life around. And here he goes in for hip replacement surgery. Yeah. And has a blood clot and it's now fucking with him. So I, you know, prayers up. If you got a second, some prayers there. And then, yes, there was a major, major wrestling injury on Friday night SmackDown this past week. Big E. Uh, some people know it's Big E Langston. He's this Big E now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he broke his neck. He was yeah. suplexed over the top, like, and landed. Uh, he has a tweet that's out, the little or Instagram post saying that he has uh, cracked C1 and C6 vertebrae. Is not going to require surgery, but he's in a neck brace and going to be out for an extended period of time. So prayers up for Big E. That dude is fun. If you've seen, you've probably seen him. You watched, if you've watched with Nicholas, you've seen the New Day, right? No, no, I haven't watched in years. So, okay. All right. So, if you know the New Day, the guys who they used to throw the pancakes into the, into the crowd one night. Yeah, Big E is under the bigger guy. He's the big muscular, like power lifter guy in that group. Really funny, really outgoing, great personality. Um, should be one of their champions. He was a champion for a little bit. Should probably get another run at it. Uh, but broke his neck in a match on Friday night. So, oh, that's tough. Yeah, you just hate to see that, especially for a young guy. He's a younger cat, too. So, um, But I'll have Hayden in sometime in the next, hopefully the next week or 10 days. And we will talk a whole bunch of wrestling. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, the big news also last week is that Steve Austin is going to wrestle a match. And you're rolling your eyes. So Peyton, I, my son Peyton came to me and said, Dad, I want to go to WrestleMania. Of course he does. And I was like, I'm not going to WrestleMania. I'm not paying that kind of money. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to go. And it's not even like the tickets. It's the, you're going to Jerry's World with $10 beers. And you're going to spend money. You're going to end up spending money and all the other stuff and traveling. And I'm not going to enjoy the show. It's a trap. I would react very much. I really just watch it on the Peacock and watch it like an hour or half in so I can do the fast forwarding through it. Yeah. To get to the parts that I want to watch, which isn't going to be much. Well, that's the thing. Like Stephen Austin is now a gimmick and he's making great money doing it. And Congrats. It's not Stephen Austin. It's Steve Austin. I know, but I, I disrespect Stone Cold. I want I want to call him Stephen F. Austin. And then I'm like, no, that's a university and I can't do that. So yeah. <laughs> if you I will say the uh, video they put out last week where he accepted the challenge to mm-hmm. do it is really cool. I'm sure it is. Go to Twitter. They did they, they did a little bit of uh they did a little bit of production on that. So yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's do that. We I shouted out, you know, Scott Hall and, and that thing. Also, again, I want to say one more shout out. I mentioned it in passing. South Dakota State, uh, the Jackrabbits, Zeke Mayo, dude, I love Zeke. I'm so happy for the young cat to go to the NCAA tournament his first year of college, and uh, I hope they win a couple of games. I'll actually because I want. So, good luck to you, Zeke. I hope you hope you guys make a deep run. Enjoy it and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just cool when you know someone from there and they're a little kid and all of a sudden you know you're going to see them in the NCAA tournament like that. Absolutely. Really a great deal. So and he's, and he's the nicest kid too. So these guys aren't kids anymore. They become young adults. So They're forever kids. I get it. Yeah. And the thing I love about it is still, I'm still coach both of those guys. So it's always fun. All right. So, hey, Ellen, thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing this. We're going to get up out of here. 
Um, so thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you again on uh, on the point five. So yeah. you ready for the point five? Uh, thanks, Tyler Jones. Everybody at Studio Soapbox. I hope you saw Tyler had his first national game. He was super excited. I got to hear a little bit of it. He did a great job. Him and TJ Reeves calling the uh, Conference USA Championship game on the radio, national radio. It was great. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, listener. Thank you. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Give us five stars. And if you don't give us five stars, we'll keep looking at yourself. And check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your five stars. So until Friday, the Play Five Podcast, I'm Coach Paul Brian O'Connor. That's Ellen Wingenter. Uh, have a great week. I watch a lot of basketball. Remember your time tokens and diamond fun. Take care.